All right, we're good to go. Welcome. Awesome. Dude, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, being one of the only ones that saw my post in the uh, the Chango feed. Dude, yeah. I've been in that group since I was like 14. No way. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I've been in it for a hot minute too. I mean, probably, I think when I discovered it, it was like 2015, 16, I think. Okay. Um, it's been around for a while. Yeah, I was a big fan of uh, Cameron Mizell's like actual production work. Um, mm-hmm. So I joined that group to kind of like see if I can get any of his plugins, or, like figure out how he did any of his mixes previously. Yeah, no, he uh, he's talented, dude. And I, I'm just kind of watching the artists that he's, I mean, he's worked with, you know, the Sleeping with Sirens, the uh, Asking Alexandria's and the, yeah. you know, all those people of the, of the music world. And uh, those are like big defining artists for me and my music interest. It's like him and Joey Sturgis are like the two producers that really, you know, produce all the bands that I listen to. <laughs> Dude, no, 100% same. This is a crazy, this is the first thing we're starting with because like literally uh, Joey Sturgis' discography, like Attack Attack and Asking Alexandria, mm-hmm. were literally the first bands that got me into like real streaming music besides like Slipknot. Mm-hmm. No, like, I, I guess I confused it. I, I, I forgot if it was Cameron or Joey that reported asking, but... It's okay, same same era, for sure. Uh, yeah. Cameron did, like, Memphis Mayfire, which is, like, the exact same genre, so... Yeah, so it's, like, it's all of, like, the Sleeping with Sirens, Memphis Mayfire people, and then, like, mm-hmm. the Attack Attacks and the Asking Alexanders of the World with, with Joey, so... Yeah. yeah, no, dude, I mean, I've been following Joey's work for a while, you know, and then once I got into, like, Cameron's Chango group, like, Joey has a group, too. Are you in that one? yes yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean i kind of see both and it's it's just kind of cool to you know have that kind of community and you know where it brings something like this to happen where i just throw a post out and and, you know maybe maybe someone wants to come hop on and then you shot me a message (laughs) yeah no it's crazy like i don't even consider myself a producer i just like wanting to know how to like record myself better and like engineer myself better for my band yeah Um, so it's just crazy that it worked out like that yeah we're like we're <laughs> yeah i know i'm not i'm not a producer at all i just enjoy the music and like it helps me you know that group has had me like help me find like a ton of different bands that you know i've added to my my spotify playlist and stuff mm. um and there's a bunch of different kinds of genres in there too it's not just like the hardcore post-hardcore it's there's no. some like emo rap guys in there like this is one guy i found is he goes by sorry s-r-y okay. uh he's posted a few times in there and he's like oh new single so checked it out and I was like this is dope so I added them to my Spotify and so you know any kind of community that's going to be able to give me new music I'm all about it dude no I feel it um like literally there's country like producers in there yeah yeah Uh, that's it's just I mean producing is an art uh and if you can get good at it man like that's what people hear and and so sells you know yeah 100% um but we are here to talk about Ritual of Despair, and I I went on a deep dive today, or as deep of a dive as I could, uh, mm-hmm. into y'all's music, and holy shit, um, I, I like I knew it was kind of on like the deathcore side of things, uh, based off like my initial uh, like research, and then I listened to uh, the song that you guys have that video out for, uh, yeah. uh assembly, uh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, um, so it's, it's technically two songs. It's the first and second song from our EP put together. 
Oh, um, no, yeah, the No Sympathy song, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so, like, the intro track is called Eliminate, and then No Sympathy is the second song. Oh, you know, I was, I was curious about that, because it, like, it, it was this, and then it, like, changed to this. Yes. When oh. that change happens, that's the second song starting. Okay. Yeah, dude, I, so, <laughs> it was so funny, because, like, I was, like, on my lunch break today, and I was, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, throw some on, and then I saw the reaction video post that you guys had on your Instagram, <laughs> and that first guy's reaction killed me. Like, <laughs> just, was that a, was that hardcore team? Let me see who it was. Really yeah, cool. yeah, dude, dude he, he he's so great. That was such an honor for him to do that. That was I died and I was like, okay, I got to go watch this video now. And so I went and watched it, and, and I had just gotten done like eating, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like halfway through it, it like. Like, I don't know what it was about it, but like, I guess the graphical content of it was just like, oh man, my stomach is a little woozy. <laughs> Dude, um, something I love like touting about that video is that like everything in it is real. Like, yeah, no, no, I mean, it looked all like raw, real, like that was dope. That was yes. really dope. Thank you so much, dude. Um, all of the uh, models in that video, um, they were brought in uh, by a lady who's in the video. Um, her name's Missy. Um, her Instagram tag is MM Custom Art. Plug mm-hmm. her. Um, she's like our makeup artist. Um, and she came in and actually brought in all of the actors and actresses. And like they had their own choreography prepared and like um, brought in like severed pig heads for like their ritual and everything. Dude, no, like like all of the like like the the accent things that you guys had going on, like the whole like headdress thing that yes that she was wearing the makeup like that was all whatever, by her. whatever was going on here with the the in the cheek thing like that's her that's her stabbing her cheeks bro that yeah. was just so like i was so caught off guard like why it's just like i couldn't stop watching i was like whoa so uh, um, do you know who, uh, who Eric DiCarlo is fun fact uh i just actually added him on facebook today because he uh shot a video that one of my buddies nestor was also doing like behind the scenes stuff for okay. uh and and so he like popped up as a person you may know on facebook so i just hit him with mm-hmm. a friend request and i have like 23 friend like mutual friends with him he's uh he's the guy who directed that video yeah um and it was really fun and getting to bring him in because i don't think he'd ever worked with something quite that extreme like in real life before mm-hmm. like like it wasn't you would think you know maybe you bring fake blood on set to like bring up the horror aesthetic or uh try to dress yeah. up a cgi or something but her team man like brought it that day that's awesome no it it's that video definitely sticks out um i mean appreciate it like i said i, I couldn't like take my I, I had to just sit there and watch it you know and what what was gonna happen next and uh but like there's that part and i guess the second song yeah i think it's like the five minute mark of that video uh the other vocalist does this scream that I've never heard before in my life. It, it was like this weird inhale, like high pitch, but like, you, you know what I'm talking about? So, so first off, uh, that's an exhale. That's an exhale. That's an exhale. We, we only do hundred percent exhale. We kind really? of like pride ourselves on it. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so that scream you're talking about, um, we like as vocalists, I guess, heard that as like a zombie scream or like a dual tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a high scream with like a low scream pitched into it in a weird way. It's really hard to explain. 
No, it was like, I, yeah, I mean, it, it was unlike anything I'd ever heard. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't listen to like death core all the time. Um, you know, I, if it comes on, someone shoots me a song, I'll totally listen to it. But um, that was one that I just was like, whoa, I've, I've never heard anything like that. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> the other vocalist's name is Donovan, by the way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no. I mean, both of you guys have some gnarly screams and how you guys like accent each other, like the contrast between y'all's voice mm-hmm. is dope, like all layered on top of each other. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, again, I don't listen to a lot of deathcore, but I don't, I, I don't know if it's very common for them to, to have two vocalists and, and. It's not, there, there are a, a couple bigger bands that have dual vocalists, but it's not like an ongoing thing in deathcore by any means. Mm-hmm. yeah i was uh I, I really dug that it just the production as well sounded really good who'd you guys produce with thank you um his name is miroslav boris um he uh his producer tag would be jigsaw audio okay um yeah uh he's worked with a couple of bands um one called martyr to Thidal, yeah they're called monasteries uh-huh um and we found him through his work with monasteries okay um, and he's actually over in the uk Oh um, yeah, and we're all from California. We're from Southern California. Um, so did you guys just record and send him all the stems? And he yep, that's exactly how we did it. Oh, nice, nice. That's cool. But the, the, the age of like technology and and doing things in 2022 is is so cool because you know I you're in LA, I'm here in like Dallas, and mm-hmm. I mean we can do shit like this and it'd be like just super chill and and, and down to earth kind of thing. But yeah, that's really cool. And it came out really well. I mean, I, being in that Chango form, you've heard, you know, a bunch of people put out their music and stuff. And, you know, you know, when you hear a song that's like, it has the fullness and it, you can, you can tell that there is a lot of like work done to it and it, it's really well produced. And then you hear those ones sometimes where it's like a little bit, it's kind of thin and it doesn't have that body, you know, like something's lacking. Yeah. Something's lacking. It just needs that one thing. And, and I mean, like I said, the entire time I was listening to that one, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was really lacking anything. If anything, it was just like in your face the entire time. <laughs> Dude, that's the goal. Thank you. Yeah. Like, um, working with nurse Live was really, really great. Um, he was super communic- communicative. Like, um, I could message him pretty much any time of the day and it would be like 2am their time and he'd mm-hmm. hit me back up and be like, Hey, like I took this time for you or whatever, you know, like, Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. He was really like, uh, receptive to our mix notes and stuff like that that's dope i i don't think i asked yet but give me the layout of the band i know you have donovan as the other vocalist who else yep. is who's part of it so um donovan and I are the main vocalists um we have zach Storbachen, who's our guitarist we have a guy named fabian limon who's our other guitarist um we have josh franco who is our bassist and then we have a drummer who's a manny Calvillo. got it got it yeah so i'm piece. yeah i are again like when i saw the six piece i was like that's that's a lot of people in a band i, I don't know if that's common in, in in the scene um but like i you know I, I listen to a lot of like four piece bands you know at most five so it's cool to kind of be able to see all the instrumentation kind of come together in like a six piece right because everyone has their own part that's contributing yeah. something yeah. uh to the sound right mm-hmm. yeah definitely so that's cool that's cool so are y'all a fairly new band yeah yeah i would say so okay yeah because i was I, you know i, I kind of like i said i tried to go on the deep dive today and you know you guys got basically 2021 is yeah that was the year um like our first record came out in november it was that ep 
This past November. Yes. Uh, so like two months ago, three months ago. And how has the, uh, I guess, reaction been to, to the music? Um, so far, really, really good. Um, I come from like a scene in California where like um, there was a really heavy like deathcore scene when I first started going to shows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on like a boomer rant for a second. Go for it. Go for it. Um, but uh, I'm 24 now. I'm not super old. I'm still young. But um, I started going to shows when I was like 14, 15. Like mm-hmm. this is pretty much my thing all throughout high school. I didn't really skate. I didn't do drugs. I went to shows. Yeah. Um, uh, and so like there's a venue called Chain Reaction down here. That's super popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of Chain Reaction before, yeah. It's honestly, in real life, it's a tiny little hole in the wall venue. It's Mm -hmm. a super small place, but it's just lasted so long that it kind of has like a bigger than life reputation. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, But it's only 45 minutes north of my house. So like that was one of my main venues to go to growing up. Okay. Um, And so like a lot of uh, up and coming bands would come through there. Um, So I got a lot of, exposure to like really heavy underground deathcore and like beatdown music mm-hmm. pretty young um and that kind of faded away as I got older and people have said that we're we feel like that ilk and like that's the best compliment we can get as a band I think you said that that what that ilk like for, like of that era oh like people, okay people yeah. said that we bring that energy basically yeah well that's that is a compliment you know mm-hmm. especially it kind of fading away and you guys kind of feeling like you're bringing it back in a sense right yeah, like like the the best compliment I can get is like respect from people that I respect, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and absolutely. Like that's, that seems to be the reaction so far. So it's been really cool. Cool. No, that's awesome. I did an interview uh, with a guy named Orion, who's part of a band called In Dying Arms. Love them, dude. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I just mess. I was I was chatting with him yesterday, and you know they've been around since two thousand six. You know, like <laughs> back when. Imagine you know, as they lay dying and all that remains were, you know, some of the bands that I listened to. And, you know, we, we got to kind of talk about like the 2006 to, you know, early 2000s kind of rock metal scene. And, you know, what they were doing was kind of like that heavy death metal stuff too. And, um, and kind of talking about the, the, just the change in music from then to now and, and how there's just so much music out there. That there it's just kind of hard to pay attention. Like, how, what do you pay attention to, right? Uh, that's where, like, guys like, you know, me and Coffee and Sugar and what we want to do is just just share music and, and give you guys kind of what we enjoy, right? And, uh, you know, meet people like you and, and Orion from In Dying Arms. And, but, you know, to see music evolve from where it was, and, and like you said, like, it's, you know, that kind of scene has faded out and you guys are kind of part of that, trying to bring that back. And, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there are a ton, you know, a number of, of death metal bands out there, deathcore, black metal uh, bands out there that are doing some really cool things. I have some friends in a black metal band here in, in, in Dallas that are doing some cool things who have like two or three different projects going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, and, and, and just in my, my perspective of it is like being in a death metal band, I feel like sometimes it can be hard to be noticed um because of just the type of music that it is right like it's it's fucking in your face like death metal music right you don't really find a lot of people that are like yeah i'm just gonna toss on some death metal really quick right at least at least in my circle you know Mm -hmm. um 
which your circle may be completely different where it's like, oh, dude, did you hear that new whatever the hell? <laughs> well, so yeah. if I'm being honest with you, my band is, is pretty much my group of best friends. Yeah. Um, our guitarist, Zach, I've known since I was 13. I'm 24 now. Um, mm-hmm. I've known Donovan since I was 14, 15. Yeah. Um, all of them I've known over three to five years now at least. And we all see each other at least once a week. So like we do, we do just toss records back and forth constantly and are like waiting on like bands to drop stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we pretty much consume it as fast as we can get it. Yeah. No. So like, would you say that like out in, in your area, there's, there's a, a community of, you know, bands that are like y'all uh, that you, you find that, you know, share the, obviously the same interest, but, you know, kind of see the, the same trajectory. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily whole bands that are like us, but I meet a lot of people who are my age, you know, Mm -hmm. three to five years older or younger, who definitely, like, so you remember, like, the whole Asking Alexandria Attack Attack era. Mm -hmm. At that point, screaming bands were huge. Asking Alexandria literally played on, like, Jimmy Kimmel, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I always meet people who are from that kind of age range who remember the music being able to reach that height and wanting to see it go there again. And so, like, in that regard, there's a lot of that here, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah, and I mean, being in California, I mean, you guys out in the LA area, you know, there's music and talent everywhere, you know? Yeah, all these people <laughs> trying to make music and have talent. Yeah, yeah. so you, you've known these guys for so long, mm-hmm. you know, what, I guess, you know, with you guys putting out this, this EP in November, how long had you guys been writing and, and preparing to, to do this EP? Maybe... I don't want to overestimate. I want to say like two years of solid writing preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say we had it done like probably six months before it was released. We had all the instrumentals done, including vocals. Um, but the idea of the band honestly popped up maybe three or four years ago. Oh, we actually okay. at one point had a mostly different lineup. And then we kind of, I kind of had the idea to bring in Manny, the drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, who was in another band in our scene at the time called Sounds to Carnage. Um, I heard his drumming in that band and was like, yo, you're really good, dude. Like, if your band ever breaks up, basically let me know. <laughs> like, respectfully, like, not to, not to be rude, but, like, yeah, that was my thought process. I didn't actually say that to him, but that was basically my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually his band did break up, and I was like, hey, bro, listen, you're amazing. We need a drummer. Do you want to drum my band? Like, drummers are so scarce, as I'm sure you know yeah. in music. When you find one, and especially when he and I were already like acquaintances after talking for the first time, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I might have a chance here. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it seems like everyone in the band are super talented. Like, thank you. To be able to, I don't know, just to be able to play that kind of music that, you know, it's, it takes a lot of precision. And I feel like drummers kind of have it really difficult because they got to fall. It's, it's almost like, you know, I'm a drummer at heart. I grew up playing the drums and, uh, you know, I got my first drum set in high school and uh, kind of thing. Like, yeah, I have my guitar here, but, you know, that's kind of the second love. Drums were always kind of the first love. And, okay. you know, you always, at least as a drummer, it's like you're setting the beat, you're setting the the, the kind of the rhythm for everything. But yep. when you're playing such intricate, like double bass and, and cymbals to snare, it, it I mean, at one point in that song, uh, you know, No Sympathy, it's like, it slows down so much. And it's just like, doom, 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 you know, and I'm just like, damn. 
it, it just it takes a lot and and it's like everyone has to be on their shit to 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 execute that you know yeah. Yeah, i just we, think that's impressive thank you so much we like we pride ourselves on the fact that we practice regularly mm-hmm. like like um when we're playing live manny our drummer he has a click track in his ear yeah oh well, um, i mean you have to you guys are doing like doing so much in a song right it's not like you know let's let's just use the asking alexandria you know reference like yeah they they do some technical and intricate things but it's just not as intricate as like what a lot of death metal bands do what you guys do it's there's so much more attention that needs to be paid to and i think that's where a lot of the respect for bands in the death metal deathcore scene you know that's where that respect is is because you guys are doing so much and having to remember specific timings on on just all of the downbeats, upbeats, and and left to right uh, vocals, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I I I do have respect for. It. I may not listen to it all the time, but I see I see the the appeal to it because it's just it seems like it's just fun as fuck. That's super <laughs> sick, dude. It is fun. Um, you know, like one of my biggest inspirations for getting into rock music is Guitar Hero. Dude, um, hell yeah. So like like being in this band is like for me like you know playing Guitar Hero live, right. Like, in the best of ways, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so gratifying that I was able to help create this piece of music and then be able to hopefully replay it live with adrenaline going through you and performing in front of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Did, is there, you know, I, I like to ask about influences and, and where you guys grabbed your influence from. If there is one, right. Maybe you just like, you know, what, I, I like that, 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 and that, and I want to put all of that together. Right. I don't know. So like, what would you say, influences the band whether it be individual interest or, or what um so there's like a couple there's a couple ways that i can go with this man because go for it like so like um from like a, from a, i'm really trying to answer this question right i don't want to do my band uh injustice um, no for sure so like creatively we take a lot of inspiration from death metal and hardcore in terms of the intensity of the music like you mentioned earlier how it must be hard for us to try to stand out in like a genre where the whole point is being in your face constantly mm-hmm. um yeah. we we try to literally almost like a and junkie search for the slowest breakdowns the most fast blast beats like we really try to pull from what we think is intense and try to kind of reincorporate that into our own sound mm-hmm. like I didn't set out when I started this band thinking I wanted to be in a deathcore band. I just wanted a band that had blast beats, but the energy of a hardcore band. And that just mm-hmm. kind of made deathcore by default. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, no, with, especially with having like cleaner production, mm-hmm. like being from that Chango era, I wanted that super big kind of cleaner mix sound as yeah. much as I could get. Yeah. So as the vocalist, um, are there any vocalists that you kind of look up to or kind of try to grab it, you know, inspiration or whatever it may be from yeah yeah um so like going back to like young me um the first like death vocalist i ever really fell in love with was mitch lucker yeah suicide silence um him and like phil bozeman were the big two inspirations for a long time mm-hmm. um and then from there it kind of started diversifying like now i'm really into guys like ben Dewar, um from shadow of intent okay um, i'm cal anderson from brand sacrifice brand sacrifice oh. is a really fireman yeah um will ramos from laura shore um i was actually really into him before he was in laura shore he was in a band called awakened providence oh okay 
and no, and- I just recently started listening to them. Uh, oh, really? They they kind of are popping into the to the feed uh, on on the socials, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is pretty dope. <laughs> I really enjoy this. And, and Will yeah. seems super talented as well. He's an incredible vocalist, dude. He absolutely yeah. deserves all the fame he gets. He uh, has been talented for a long time. It's mm-hmm. really sick that he got the opportunity to join on a show and work out for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I've been, I've been hearing a ton of things about them. And, you know, the alt presses and the rock sounds of the world are definitely giving them the uh, attention that they probably, you know, that they deserve, I feel like. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, coming from the deathcore scene, they've been popular for a couple of years now, on Shore. Mm-hmm. Like, they've had buzz in, you know, deathcore tabloids, whatever you want to call it. And, like, they get yeah. shared around pretty frequently. But it seems like now with Will, they've really broken through from being just, like, a mid-tier deathcore band to actually being, like, a semi-popular metal band. Right, yeah. You know, I, I feel like in the deathcore scene, it's... I don't know. I, I feel like... And like the the grand scheme of things, there's they're they're not always you know the suicide silence of the world. Like yeah, everyone knows who they are, and, and we'll remember them and Mitch Lucker forever. Um, but also, it's 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 I feel like it's few and far between that really get that that recognition or that 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 the eyes that I feel like they deserve. Yeah, yeah, um, I feel the same way. And like you know, basically, our inspiration as a band is to try to be one of those bands. To try to be the next suicide silence or one mm-hmm. shot or Chelsea Brenner, you know, whoever you want to call it. Yeah. It's really unfortunate that warp tour isn't a thing anymore, you know. Dude, you are preaching the choir. I feel like that was a tour that people and bands just that's I every summer I always look forward to it because it was like I'm gonna go and see the bands I can't wait to see. I'm also gonna see bands I've never heard of, and I can't wait to find a new band that I can listen to. I found so many bands because of of Warp Tour, and it, it's just unfortunate now that not that people can't get noticed on social media and, and other tours and stuff like that for sure, but it was just something about Warp Tour where they brought so many different bands together for this huge cross country tour, and mm-hmm. it helped so many people. Uh, in the in the scene in the bands get recognized because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that go to these that went to the to the show you know absolutely yeah no um Warpport had its own like ecosystem around it basically I mean mm-hmm. there was Warp Tour itself but then bands on Warp Tour would become friends and then spawn off tours that would go throughout the year and then like like yeah no I totally feel you um how old are you if you me asking I'm 28 okay cool yeah. um I'm 24. Um, I mean, it's, we're kind of still in the same realm of music. It's not that far off. Yeah. No, um, no, that's why I'm asking. Cause like, so you obviously had a pretty good experience going to work for them for like a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I mean, I think I went shoot first time I ever went, I think I was a sophomore in high school and then I yeah. went every year after that. Oh, so you probably went to like 2010 one Yeah. Dude, that was like my dream one. That was the one where Attack Attack played and Suicide Silence mm-hmm. and Acacia Stream. <laughs> and another cool thing about Warp Tour is they always had a local stage. From what yep. I remember, they always no, had they, a local stage. They did. And they would find local bands to just to come play Warp Tour for that day, um, which helps so many bands out, right? You know, it, uh, it, it 
man, it's so unfortunate. And what was, un- you know, what I was looking forward to is, I don't know if you saw, but there's like this, like, uh, this kind of news that uh, Chris, Fon- you know, Franz uh, was looking at trying to buy the Warp Tour name and, and start it over. And okay. he was like in talks with Kevin Lyman about it. And like, I guess, unfortunately, nothing transpired, but you know, we almost saw a hint at it potentially coming back. And then, you know, they did the few things after the cross country tour and did, but it just wasn't the same. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I know they had a couple of like uh, single dates in certain States, like regional things like yeah. in Ohio and something like that. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, I miss warp tour and it's like, it's things like that, that put, could put you on, on a stage in front of thousands of people, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is, but you know, speaking of tours and, and, and stuff like that, are those things that you guys have kind of in, in your mind right now that you're trying to plan if, if you could share, if you wanted to? No, yeah, we, we're totally open. Um, All right. Yeah, like, we're not like secret about our upcoming plans. Right yeah, now. I, I have to ask because, you know, I've interviewed people that are like, oh, I can't really say anything. I was like, all right, no, that's, that's, yeah. I get it. No, we're, we're totally independent. So we're not under any contracts right now. Oh, okay. Um, got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, but like, yeah, we're we're absolutely trying to tour. Um, we mostly just play Southern California right now. We would mm-hmm. like to change that and break out as far as we can. Yeah, are there are there bands out there that you would love to tour with? That like, oh, yeah. if, you, if you could put together like your, I say dream, but like your first tour, like those three bands that you would want to go go on the road with, who would they be? Three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show hometown love. I'm gonna do one band that's still from here that's around. I would do Carrie Lake from California. Okay. Um, I probably do Gamma Sector from Kentucky. Okay. They're a deathcore band of ours. Uh, a friend, they're a friend's band of ours. Um, mm. And then I probably do a band called Crown Magnetar, who I believe from Texas. Okay. And that, that's just if I was actually shooting within our genre. You know, I yeah, can always yeah. pull for the Slipknots or the Metallicas. Right, the right, right. But like if I were to actually make a realistic tour of bands, I think we'd do good with and that I think you know we'd get along with on tour maybe like those mm-hmm. three guys to start with got it no it's being a new band and that was something that orion and i talked about last night was like you know he he, he had been doing it since 2006 i mean it's 2022 right i mean it's like 16 years that he's been doing this shit um and he was just like you know back when we first started you know we didn't know anything like we didn't know how to get tours together like we were new and we were trying to break into the scene, but we also had no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like when you get signed, I'm sure you're maybe aware, but you basically you're taking out a loan with a record label to yeah. to to make shit happen. And if you don't, shit, you know, you're out of luck, kind of thing. But um, it's it's a it's a whole process and and how you you manage your band and whether you guys are going for a label or and trying to stay independent and just kind of work your your way that way I totally yeah. respect that I have friends that have done that for like six years and and are finally moving towards trying to to get signed but it's just the just getting started right is is the hard part is what Orion was saying was you know when you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, it's really hard to kind of figure it out because you're trying to manage a band and then do all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we spent like two years kind of front loading, writing the record and like getting the lineup together. Mm -hmm. I I tried to uh, like get as much of those issues out of the way as I could beforehand before we started playing. Cause there's obviously going to be the hiccups that come with trying to play shows in the first place, whether it comes to gear or member management. 
you know, or a pandemic, or, you know, yeah, <laughs> or or Corona, that too, yeah. Um, but there's gonna be natural hiccups along the way, anyways. So I try mm-hmm. and to get as much of like the bullcrap out of the way beforehand as we could. Yeah, no, I totally get that, and I mean, I feel like just with this release that you guys have done, and and just kind of looking at the numbers since November, I feel like this is really a solid start, at least in my opinion. Thank you, you know, yeah. I was I was chatting with another band, uh, dude. It's been a busy week of interviews, but uh, but I was chatting with another band, and I I kind of try to talk about perspective because you know, life is really all perspective, and so Absolutely. you know, you guys being at at like it says a thousand eighty three monthly listeners, right? Like obviously you want to see that hit five, and then you want to see it hit ten and fifteen and and twenty and so mm-hmm. on, right? And it just kind of hopefully spirals and, and people start, gar- you know, you start garnering all that attention. But, you know, I was talking to this band who has like, like 11,000 monthly listeners and they're like, yeah, we're just, you know, we're really trying to continue to, to build that up. And sometimes it can be kind of hard to stay motivated. I'm like, you guys are sitting at 11,000 monthly listeners when I guarantee you there's people sitting at like 5,000 or even just a thousand or a hundred monthly listeners that want to be in your spot right now you know, they, they want to, they want to have that attention too. So it's like, just be proud of what you've been able to accomplish to this point, because that, that helps kind of keep the morale of being in a band, which can be kind of mentally draining sometimes uh, sure. because of all the things you have to worry about. Yeah. Right? No, it's definitely demoralizing. Yeah. So or can be. To, yeah. To say like November is when you started and you're already where you're at right now. I feel like you're, you're already starting out really well. And I mean, that's just my perspective and my opinion on it, but based off of just that, you know, that video you guys have out there, that is just like, holy shit. I feel like more people are just going to continue to see it. Thank you. Yeah. Like even with the video, you know, like for our first video, we didn't want to have some cheap, you know, Mm -hmm. our friend did it in our garage style video. We went to an actual location, got actual actors and actresses. We hired a director. Mm-hmm. Um, we really really try to part best foot forward as far as we can and like yeah uh, about being hungry and like perspective we are so uh determined to get up to those five thousand eleven thousands twenty thousands yeah um, you know having a thousand is great and it's definitely like not a slander against it but we always want more oh of course everyone does yeah <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Perspective is important, though, and just enjoying what you have. Yeah, because it, it, you guys have so much to worry about being a band. Everyone who's in a band has so much to worry about, whether it be management or your image or what you're doing for marketing. You know, that's a, that's a whole nother thing, dude. Marketing your band is, is, is really kind of like a prevalent thing right now because you got things yeah. like TikTok and, you know, reels and, and stuff that you throw out and it, I mean, you could get upwards of you know, 100,000, 500,000 views and then boom, you guys are on a map, right? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. we, I had a conversation this week about just marketing and, and how, how do you market your band to where people will see it? And regardless of just what it is that they're listening to, they, they enjoy the, the, the content that you guys are putting out, you know, like, I feel like that just goes such a long way. Marketing is a whole other beast, man. Um, mm-hmm. It really is like, and it is a super prevalent part of being an online like source of media in any way. If, if you make YouTube videos, if you make music, mm-hmm. um, marketing yourself is so important. And no one, it's such a new thing that like there are 
you know, there are schools and classes for it, but I feel like it's kind of like self-help stuff where it's like, it's, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Like using your intuition and like, like, I love my band because I can use them as my constant lit- litmus test for if things are good. Yeah. And like, I, I trust all their in- opinions, intuitions enough to where like, they're, they're a really good sign for me to know like, okay, we shouldn't post this. Like mm-hmm. more than half of them don't like it. I shouldn't be, is the weird idea. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, obviously that makes sense. You guys want to all be on the same page and you know who you guys are as a band, right? Like everything that's out there on the internet, that's tied to your name. Like, that's what people will see. You know, I was yeah, just thinking definitely. like, I, I don't know if you guys are on, on TikTok or anything like that, but t- taking that clip at that five minute mark of that scream, mm-hmm. I feel like would just, people would hear that and be like, did that just come out of his mouth? You know, like, I feel like that would be a TikTok in and of itself, but um, okay, for sure. Uh, <laughs> we've, 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 we've talked about it 20,000 times because we know how crazy TikTok's ecosystem is. Mm-hmm. and how bands can blow up overnight through that yeah and you know i've i found multiple bands on tiktok actually um mo- mostly in like kind of that pop punk uh genre but okay very very simple as hey check out our new song and then the song fades in and it's them listening to it and it's like the best part of that song like the yeah. catchiest part of that song mm-hmm. and then boom you have a new listener and you're going to go find out who they are you're going to go to you know, Spotify, you're going to go to Instagram. And, you know, there's a band that that happened to me called Ruth Crest. And they're like a pop punk band from San Antonio, I think, uh, Texas. And I was just like, this is dope. And they took the best part of that one song and it it caught my ear. And again, I'm just saying that that scream will catch people's ear. If you guys can put together a creative TikTok, like, bet you ever heard this shit before. Dude, no, I'm sure we could think of something. <laughs> no. All of us are on TikTok personally. We just don't have a band one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. My wife sends me TikToks all the time and I mm-hmm. watch them. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm like bored, I will scroll. Yeah, but that's where I'm on. Like I'll yeah. just occasionally scroll like once every yeah. two weeks. And somehow I, I just find music on the periodic times that I, I'm like on it. So it's, it, I mean, it, it helps, you know, any way you can use TikTok to your advantage. I think that is a, a solid goal. And a lot of the bands that, you know, I've been following here recently is they're trying to utilize TikTok because it's just, I mean, people are becoming famous. <laughs> yeah, no, it straight up creates fame. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Social media is wild, dude. It, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, just like the aspect of social media, uh, I never really had a MySpace. Mm-hmm. Um, I started with Facebook. So yeah. like, I saw some of the older way social media was being used, but I'm pretty much of like the uh, newer generation of social media users. Yeah, no, I was, I, I was part of the MySpace days. And there was a feature in, in MySpace where it was, it was like a whole, just a music feature. Um, where it's like, it would show like the top bands on MySpace and you could, I think, filter by genre. And that's oh, where wow. I learned, that's where I learned about Broken Side. That's where I learned mm. about, um, I think, Asking Alexandria, is it Alexandria or uh, Attack Attack was one of them that I found yeah. on MySpace that makes as sense. well. Um, 
And then a few others that aren't bands anymore, but like we're kind of a voice of that generation in the beginning that kind of helped get that whole, like Breathe Carolina is another one that I found, yes. you know, and it's just kind of crazy that once MySpace went away, people had to find another way to market their music and, and Facebook, I guess, but it's, it's not a music platform, right? Like MySpace wasn't so much a music platform, but it had a pretty big music pre like presence towards helping people find new music, like a, basically like a publication, you know? Yes. It, it was just in your face. You can add music to your profiles and, and all this stuff. Right. Um, it, it was a whole nother beast. And then when it went away, I feel like there's like a gap there where people didn't really know where do I, where do I, how do I share my music? You know, whether, you know, you're streaming it because streaming wasn't a thing yet. I mean, people were buying CDs, you know, streaming didn't get become popular until, I don't know, 2013 ish, 14 ish. Right. Yeah, yep. And, and that's when I first got Spotify and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. I don't have to buy CDs. I don't have to buy songs. I can just pay a lump sum a month. And here we are. That's, that's, I mean, that changed the world. But before that, it's like, the social media that was actually relevant was, you know, MySpace before it went down. And then I guess Facebook and Twitter, Twitter, I guess Twitter helped, but Twitter was so large. I mean, it wasn't focused solely on music. So no. there's just this gap of time where it's like artists didn't really know to work, how to market their, their music, I feel like. And then here we are, TikTok is blowing people up artists music artists are, are are becoming famous off of just a 10 second clip of a, a melody or a, a vocal line mm -hmm. i mean it's wild it, it's insane and that was like you said maybe eight years ago max and most that we were still buying physical cds yeah like That's i remember crazy. 2013 2012 warped we're still buying like cds from bands and it being like a deal like me being like fuck yeah i get a cd still yeah and I, I don't, I mean, I don't remember the last time I actually used a CD player outside of like my car, but no, me neither. And, but still it's, you know, you were buying MP3s and off of iTunes and that was it. And you had what you bought and then, you know, streaming changed the game. And now streaming has its advantages. It also has its disadvantages, right? Because I mean, people aren't getting paid a lot for the streams, you know? So no. they're still encouraging buying the actual song, but it's like, why would I buy the song if I, I have it that. streaming, you know? Like I buy the music from bands that like I, I listen to and I appreciate and I wanna see them continue to grow and, and, and stuff like that. Yes. Um, you know, the, the, the local bands that uh, are trying to make it in the world, you know? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't buy, major artist cds anymore there's just i feel like there's no no need they're already they're already famous <laughs> no and true and also um streams are a funny thing because if you're not getting a lot you don't get a lot of money but if you do get a lot it you are we good oh uh, yeah i uh i guess my my camera decided it wanted to shit out so here we are <laughs> okay cool no as long as i can still see you um yeah you're good but streams are a funny thing because if you're not getting a lot you don't get a lot of money but if you get a ton the money you get does become a little more sizable right yeah because i think it's like for every million streams it's like like five thousand dollars or something like that mm -hmm. from from what i so understand like, so like in adele doesn't really need to sell cds because she's getting 500 million streams on a song that's right. that's pretty much what i wanted 
Right, exactly. But like, exactly. you know, if you're getting 500 streams on a song, that's not the same as selling a song 500 times on iTunes or even like 500 CDs. Agreed. Agreed. Totally understand that. And that's just the, the weird, the weird medium of streaming and buying CDs still. And yeah. Um, but with, with all that being said, you guys just getting started, right? You're just, you got your music out there. Obviously I know there's probably gonna be more music on its way. You got your EP out and people are listening to it. You got the video out that is continuing to probably get people uh, listening and, and, and watching you guys. Uh, what would you say is like kind of that next step for y'all, you know, post EP? Um, the next step is we're probably going to obviously focus on like finishing up the EP rollout, making sure that's heard everywhere and pushed out properly. Mm -hmm. um, from there, our next step is we're going to record and release another single and shoot a video for that. Okay. Um, so that's going to be our next big step into an album. We do a, probably a eight to 10 song album. Okay. Got yeah. it. And have you guys already started? I mean, I'm assuming you've already started writing for this next single. Yeah, yeah, the single's already done in Chanelli. Um, we're oh, just wrapping okay. vocals on it now too. Nice. Is yeah. it gonna top? Is it gonna top this uh, "No Sympathy" video? I hope so. Um, it should. It's it's pretty intense, man. Um, for our new stuff, we're ratcheting up even harder. We're going a little bit faster. There's mm -hmm. gonna be a little bit less um, kind of open breakdowns and a lot more like in-your-face punchy parts. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. That's exciting. You know, I I think. Like I said earlier, the the respect to be able to write death metal music, I think, goes un kind of noticed sometimes. Where you guys have, I feel like more pieces of a song to really focus on than you know your regular just post hardcore band, you know, like we were kind of talking about. So it's I'd be it's funny. I'd, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just say when you're when you're in it, that's kind of like compared to Guitar Hero because when we're doing it, it honestly doesn't feel that complicated. the mm -hmm. The arrangement is a complicated part. Once we have the arrangement set down, it's honestly pretty easy to memorize. Okay. It's kind of figuring out how you want the puzzle to look. Once you can figure out how you want the puzzle to look, recreating it becomes a lot easier. Well, that's what I was going to ask next. Is like, how do you go about starting that writing process for? We'll just say a song like No Sympathy. You know. Um, so we had only had one song previously finished that we thought was like the style of the band. Mm -hmm. um, and so using that as kind of the style guide, we started writing No Sympathy. And right. um, we usually start with guitar. We usually guitar and like MIDI drums. Okay. And then you just, you know, you got the verse and, and all that stuff. The, the typical writing of the structure of a song. So actually, funnily enough, Normally we write with guitar mini drums and it's usually our guitarist Zach and one or two of us behind him at his computer, mm -hmm. kind of over his shoulder watching him play and they'll kind of all uh, like backseat drive the riff. Mm -hmm. We'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, doon, 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 doon instead because I'm not music literate and I'm dumb. I just <laughs> mouth out the riff. Um, so so how, would, how, how long would you say it, it takes you guys to, to kind of write a song together with all of you in the room? um it depends because the song can go through a couple passes mm -hmm. um like i would say collectively each song probably has like four to eight hours of writing involved okay like like a whole day's worth of just sitting down and writing if we just like 8 a.m to 
you know, five mm-hmm. wrote a song. And even then it could have 16 hours because some songs have two or three days worth of like us just staring at a screen going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, if the song doesn't work, we'll, we'll put it down for a week or two and come back. And that mm-hmm. whole week or two, you know, I'm still, I'm still listening to it or thinking about it in my head, trying to figure out the, the math problem, basically. Yeah. Like, when I'm listening to a song and something is off structurally, mm-hmm. it feels like two plus two is equal to five, not four. Mm-hmm. So I got to figure out how to make the, the answer where I want it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, again, back to the complexity of, of just a, a death metal song in, in general, at least mm-hmm. back, and I'm using my perspective, right? Like, my perspective here is there's just, it seems like there's so much complexity in just a single part of a song and, and being able to take that and transition it into this, you know, takes a lot of a brain power and uh, kind of understanding where you're trying to go. Yeah, um, definitely understanding where you're trying to go is super important. Having like the vision of what you're trying to achieve is so important. We always mm-hmm. talk about in the band how when people are making music, they say what they want to be, but then they don't end up creating that out of their music. People mm-hmm. will say, oh, I want to sound like blank, but then when their music comes out, it's not necessarily invocative of either the feelings or the sound, what they're trying to be. Um, and so like having that vision is such an important part of like not getting lost in kind of the monster of music. Yeah. Have you guys ever written a song where you've gotten like 85% of the way through and you're just like, I don't think this is it? Oh yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> that's part of the reason writing the EP took so long is because for the first year or so of writing, we'd write songs and then be like, this isn't it. We have to restart. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there came a certain point where we wrote the last song on the EP, which is called Lesson Learned. Mm-hmm. That was the first song we wrote for the band where we wrote it and then we're like, okay, this is our sound. We've kind of found the energy we're looking for. Yeah. How do you guys differentiate, dif- like, how do you feel you guys different- differentiate yourselves yep. from other death metal bands in the scene? Um, for one, our production, definitely, you know, we go for kind of a cleaner production style. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to have it be all artificial and like all cleaned up to the nth degree, but yeah, I want our bass to smack, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I want our guitar to be clean and not harsh. I want our drums to be loud and clear. Same with our vocals. Like, um, so I think our production, for one, also our mindset and like our energy live. Um, we definitely try to bring like hardcore energy live. Mm-hmm. Like some of our biggest influences uh, for like live energy are bands like The Chariot, or yeah. Dillinger Escape Plan. Where like mm-hmm. I'm the kind of vocalist who like when we start a show, I'm gonna crowd around people's heads and like I'm gonna <laughs> climb off stuff and like I'm really in people's faces live. Yeah. Have you got? I mean, obviously you've played shows before. What's uh What's been your favorite show that you've ever played and and why? Favorite show we played. Um, I don't want to give the lame answer, but it's probably our first one. Mm-hmm. um it's kind of like the romantic first love um yeah but it was um at a show in LA um at a tattoo shop they let us actually just use for a show um okay. it's like they cleared out the shop um we had our show there and it was amazing it was in LA during a time when we probably shouldn't have been having that kind of show <laughs> um but it was a really crazy packed out show um, and for our first show, nobody knowing us and still being there and like being able to give us their energy and attention was a really cool feeling. Was so I there wasn't a stage. You guys were just same level as everyone else. We were floor, floor level. We didn't even have two XLR inputs. We had to like, so the venue told us we would have a PA. And when we got mm-hmm. there, it only had one mic input. We have two singers. Oh no. 
<laughs> so we had to like generate it, but thankfully it worked. But no, no yeah. stage, one speaker, and it was still a great show. Dude, those shows are always so fun. I, I so there was a uh, there's a band called Bill Murray. Uh, it's Johnny Frank from Attack Attack. His side them. project. Uh, Bill, you know, what he's done with Bill Murray has been awesome. I, I love talking about uh, them and, and just their sound and what they're doing. But mm-hmm. I think it was like Bill Murray's second tour that they ever went on, went from Ohio down here to Texas. And they played here in the town I live in, uh, Denton, Texas, which is outside of Dallas. Like if you're going to come to Texas to play a show, you're playing Dallas. But no, they came to Denton and they played the basement of a pizza shop right up here, like down the road. Uh-huh. And when I saw they were coming, I was like, fuck yeah, like I got to go. And same thing. It was basement, same level. Like I'm from me to like my computer screen was Johnny. And I'm just, just having a blast. You know, that was probably I'm so jealous. That's probably one of my favorite shows I've ever been to. And I mean, fuck, man. Like I go to a lot of shows and I don't think I've ever had such an, like an intimate kind of, experience with a band you know where they're in your face and you're in theirs Mm -hmm. you know but it it was it was awesome i loved it and then johnny uh sat down prior to the show with me my wife and a buddy of mine for like 45 minutes at a table eating pizza just chatting it was it was so like surreal for me because of kind of the the history i have of listening to attack attack and yeah. Just Johnny kind of being like that first clean vocalist of like a, a post-hardcore band that I really, really drew a bunch of my music taste from uh-huh. sitting across the table from me, asking me about me. It's wild. Dude, that's, that sounds surreal. I, I wish I could have had that experience. Like, have you I, ever I had an experience? Surreal. Have you ever had an experience like that where you're just like in the presence of someone that you just have mad respect for and it's like... Oh. Oh yeah, dude. Um, just from going to show so much, you know, I've ended up backstage at shows where I, I was supposed to be there, but I did by accident or I snuck back there or some shit. And like, I ran into so many artists who I've been like, dude, if only you knew how much your music meant to me. I'm like, you probably think I was a crazy person. <laughs> dude, I had so many, I had so many questions for them and I didn't, I didn't ask them because they were all like pertaining to attack attack and stuff and i was like i don't that's just not the time and place like let's keep this chill and just like have a casual conversation with johnny frank about bill murray and how excited he was to be on tour uh with bill murray and playing these shows in the basement of a pizza you know shop like Mm -hmm. it was just so cool and and i'll probably i'll never forget that we took a after the show i asked him if i could take a photo with him and he goes how about we, we take a prom photo? Like I'll stand behind you and like, kind of, you know, and we straight mm-hmm. up took a prom photo together. And I was just like, and every year when it pops up, I'm just like, man, that was such a good day. That's legendary. <laughs> dude. That's so sick. It, it, it was super cool. And uh, he's such a dope dude. I'd love to bring him on and, and chat with him someday, but. I'm trying to think if there's anybody super like notable in music that I've met that I was like super actually starstruck by. Um, I did run into Dan Kenny, the bassist of Suicide Silence once. Oh, okay. Because he actually lives not far from my hometown in Spekula. Huh. Um, so he frequents out here quite often. Um, and I bumped into him once. And like that was one of those moments where I had to hold it in, but I just wanted to ask him so many questions about Suicide Silence and about right. their history. But I was like, this is not the time. Yeah. No, it's... It's a weird, it's like a weird feeling. So 
that's happened a few times to me, but here, the most recent time that's happened is, um, there's a, there's a festival called Unsilent Night Fest and it happens here in Dallas. Yeah. It's hosted by third stream productions, Mike Zemer and his team. And, um, I, I shot that show. I'm a concert photographer. So I was shooting that show and an artist named Nessa Barrett, who got super famous on TikTok and is, you know, a really, uh, famous musician now or singer uh, was playing that show and I didn't put two and two together but this guy named Jaden uh Jaden Hostler he's like a he's working with Travis Barker right now uh he's pretty big in the scene the kind of punk rock pop kind of thing um and anyways I'm a huge fan of this guy I just love his music and Nessa goes this next song I wrote with a a very special person his name is Jaden and he like came out on stage and like, I'm sitting here like in front of the stage with my camera, like, oh shit, I'm about to take photos of, of Jaden. Like that's, that's super dope. And after the, after the performance, I was like, I got to get a photo with this guy. I just like, I feel like there's never going to be an opportunity to do that again. And like, at first I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Cause that's just kind of weird. But then again, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it anyways. And he was super dope about it. And then I found out like the, like a couple weeks later, like he's not even 21 yet what yeah the dude's 20 and i'm like now i just kind of feel like that weird old guy that you know asked to take a photo with this 20 year old it was just it was a weird feeling for me because it kind of made me feel like oh shit i'm getting old now like oh, God. is that, is that <laughs> where is that where we're at <laughs> you're still in your 20s dude you're good <laughs> no so I, I i love those moments it, it's it's just it, there's a feeling about it that you're like man that's cool it's like super dope it, it makes it makes life feel a little bit more full circle i guess mm-hmm. like there's always something about seeing somebody that you've listened to or like felt some kind of connection with seeing it in real life like brings to a whole another level of like reality mm-hmm. what was the favorite your favorite i don't think i asked this yet but what was your favorite concert you've ever been to i know that's that's a, that's a, that's a super loaded question yeah <laughs> super loaded dude because um like i said earlier like I didn't really do drugs in high school. I pretty much just went to shows. Mm-hmm. So conservatively, I've been to probably 400 shows in my life. 500 shows in my oh, life. Oh, I bet. I bet. Um, between Warped Tour and just like local club shows. Because, you know, there were tons of $10, $15 club shows down here in Southern mm-hmm. California. So I hit right. as many of those as I pretty much could consume. Yeah. Um, as much as I could beg my mom to give me money to go see, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite concert ever, though. The one that basically it's like, you know, I'll never, for, I'll never forget that. You know, it was like the, the experience about it. I have a great way to tie this into what I do now. Hell yeah. Um, War Tour 2014. I'm in Pomona. I'm watching The Ghost Inside. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing a song called Chrono. And I'm crowd surfing. Their singer, Jonathan Vigil, points out to me, and it's like mouthing the words of the song to me. And I'm, I, I figure we're doing a hardcore, like, you know, back and forth. Like he sees me going hand for a second. This is the moment I'm out. I'm riding up as I get close to the front of the stage to get dropped off, like being crowd surfed. He grabs my hand and it's basically like, get on stage with me. I, the World Tour security guard literally lifts me on stage. And I'm standing 14 years old on World Tour stage with Jonathan Vigil in front of 8,000 people. That's amazing. Yeah, and I got I got to like do like part of my breakdown with him. I sounded terrible. I was young. I was just <laughs> excited, but like you know, it's that experience of like 
I literally remember feeling the feeling of the stage bending underneath my feet next to him and being like, oh, I can do this. Okay. That's super cool. That, mm-hmm. like you said, that does tie into uh, kind of that, that memory of being there. And then here you are now and you're, you're, you're doing your thing. Yeah, and like I was already into metal music and like into the vocal style at the time. And like I I practiced in my closet, you know, in my room, but like I never thought I could be it. And like that was one of those moments where like I literally could see the other side. And so I was like, this is attainable. Okay. I bet that was cool. Like you just like you turn around, you just see all the people staring at you. You know, it it was literally an ocean of people. Like I I I have the image mentally photographed in my head for sure. So I have kind of a similar story, but not as cool. Uh, <laughs> I went to So What Fest back in probably 2014, 2015 I've never uh, been here in Dallas. So What Fest is the shit. This, this next one is going to be huge. Um, but We Came As Romans was playing. And I was all the way at the back and I love crowd surfing too. So I was just like, all right, I looked at these two big dudes. I'm not a big guy. I'm, you know, I'm your average size person. There's like two like it's really large much. dudes that I was like, Hey, throw me up. And they're like, all right. And so they threw me up from the back. And I mean, it was a solid 150 yards to the front and I'm like, I'm going to make it and I'm small. So I'm light. So I'm just like, I'm going to just keep drifting until just I coast. got to the front. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Kyle Pavone, RIP. Uh, he, you know, he saw me coming and he like came to the front of the, the stage and like gave me the handshake. And like, then I, you know, I, I got, got down in front of the stage and I don't know, it was just kind of like, didn't know what was going to happen. I maybe was going to fall in the, in the middle or whatever, but like getting to that end and just getting the handshake from Kyle Pavone and then kind of walking out was just kind of like, yep that sealed the deal for that day kind of thing you know that's beautiful yeah dude uh i'm i don't think i ever saw we call while he was live really yeah man and, and i like them too he i i i say i grew up but like all throughout high school and, and going into college and i mean to now really i've, I've always listened to we came as romance they they were kind of like all their albums every time that they were putting one out I was like always on repeat in my airpods going to class or, or whatever mm-hmm. and they uh they're just kind of that band for me kind of going through they always I always had the the ability to go back and listen to I never got tired of them and I love Kyle's voice and you know that was one of the first that that time that you know I I did that that was like the second or third time I'd seen them live I'd seen them at Warp Tour that was the first time I ever I've seen them live and it's just like, you know, he had a voice and like a thing about him that you had that connection, right? You kind of build that connection with someone that you don't know, but you just, you just kind of feel it. And it's, that's another like kind of surreal thing. It's like that, that right there, like sealed the deal for me, you know, kind of thing. And then uh, when I first started taking photos uh, of shows and stuff, I shot So What Fest in 20, end of 2016, early 2017. And it was Kyle's last So What Fest before he, he passed away. Yeah. And I didn't get to see him after that show. So it was just kind of like, damn, you know, one of those like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people were down about it, but as, as an artist that you grew up, like, you know, you listen, you're listening to Mitch Lucker, right? Like yeah. in Suicide Silence, it's like seeing stuff like that happen in, in 
you kind of feel you kind of feel a part of you kind of go away you know that feeling of how you felt when you listened to them i guess it it, it for sure like it i don't want to say it taints the experience but definitely changes it yeah like it's same way even a band like Linkin Park like you can't really listen listen to Chester Bennington's lyrics the same way anymore yeah because no, now you that's have the perspective of death totally true and what was crazy is I hadn't seen We Came As Romans live since he passed away until this past uh, October when, when they came through for their 10-year To Plant a Seed anniversary tour. Yes. And they did a tribute. It's, it's on YouTube. Someone put it on YouTube. There's a tribute to Kyle uh, at the end of the show where they, they, played, they start playing the song Promise Me uh off their latest album yeah and it's like you know it's 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 kyle's clean vocals and they literally have a slideshow going in the background on their their led panels of just photos and videos of kyle at warp tour and at shows and backstage and i like dude the emotions hit it was just like damn like i want to cry like this is just dude i was it's so so like special right that they've been able to do this with with we came as romans for so long and kyle being like such like a root of that of that album uh or yeah of that album right and and all of them afterwards but just the two plant a seed album right that took them to where they are now and then uh at the middle when like dave stevens comes into the song like all the band members came back out on stage and then they like it was like it was like dave was singing with kyle it was dude (sighs) I had like the butterflies, like I was like full emotions. I was probably another one of those top five shows I've ever been to just because of the emotional connection I had to, to the band growing up. And yeah, that's a really heavy experience. Like, that's a beautiful thing. They did that. Yeah, it was awesome. You can look up the, the video. I'll send it to you after this, uh, Please. but it, it was just, it was beautiful. And, um, you know, I mean, shit, man, we can talk about music and artists and bands all day. You know, I know we came here to talk about Ritual of Despair and I don't, I don't want to drift away, but I've been really enjoying this, this conversation. No, it's okay, man. Like long form interviews like this are are good for like, just one conversation. Yeah, definitely. The band's the backdrop, literally. (laughs) There we go. You know, Uh, and that's how I like to, you know, really run these things. It's like, just have a conversation about music. That's, that's what we do. That's what, that's what coffee and sugar is. is We want to share music. We want to talk about it. And, um, you know, when we get to meet guys like you and everyone else that we've ever interviewed, it's just, it kind of adds that experience. And, you know, I like to, uh, Orion last night, he's like, I just feel like I gained another homie. And I was like, dude, same. Like, that's, that's how I want this to be. Like, I want, I want to gain a new homie every time I, I chat with someone or a band or whoever. So, um, this is, this has been chill. I I hope you've enjoyed it so far. (laughs) This has been great. Uh, I've never really had an interview done in any capacity. Okay. Um, But so far this has been great. Cool. I hope, I hope your first experience is pretty good. You know, this is sick. (laughs) if, If they're all like this, I'll, I can do media all day. Hey, that, that, yeah, that's a compliment to me and, and what, what we, what we're doing. So I, I appreciate that. Um, music is, is, is crazy, man. Uh, there, there's just so many different avenues, uh, different communities within, you know, one of the things we talked, I talked about this week is that, you know, you got the community of musicians and bands and artists you know, within the music scene, and then you got 
everyone that makes music happen, you know, the producers, the, the tour managers, the tour grips and techs. And then you have media and press, like guys like me who are out taking photos and, and, you know, uh, showing people what is happening on these tours and stuff like that. And then there's just how it all, all meshes together is just crazy, you know, and, and it can be overwhelming to, to a lot of people, especially bands and how to, to get their music out there and just be part of it, you know? That's why like we've done as much as much as we can to try to keep all that internal. So like, we don't have to keep track as many names because mm-hmm. like there's so many moving parts like you said, between photography, videography, even just online promotion in general. Yeah. Um, you can have an editor to edit your photos. Like, like it, it can basically go as deep as you want to go in terms of the web of helping hands. Yeah. Yeah. And so like to try to keep the headache of that down as far as we can, we try to keep as much of that in-house. But like it is really beautiful also at the same time how many different facets of I guess like media consumption there are. Mm-hmm. Like how much goes into creating, promoting, distributing the media. Oh, that, dude. Like, I mean we all create. I mean, these things have changed the world, bro. Like here, let me just pop up my phone real quick. Oh, wait, I was on Instagram right before for this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I love being so connected, but there's times where I'm just like, I don't even want to look at this thing right now. Like, I, I you just become so consumed, you know, yeah. with, with with what's going on, what other people are doing. And uh, it's it's a different world <laughs> that we live in with, with social media. It can It can really take over you as a person it is a very different and um it's very dangerous um it's super interesting trying to deal with being kind of the purest in my head of like remembering the times of physical media where cds would be bought and actually listened to where you'd put Mm -hmm. it in your cd player and found little fuzzy headphones and yeah and then you know you'd actually listen to the record for 20 minutes or whatever I, I, I grapple with the uh, difference of like now where people can choose one song from a streaming site and just listen to that. They don't have to buy yeah. a CD and pop it in a player. And it was like that whole ritual of listening to music is kind of mm-hmm. gone now. And so in some regards, we have to ratchet up the intensity even harder to compensate. Yeah. No, that's, so, that's totally true. You know, I, I think back to uh, when I bought my first CD, my first physical CD I bought with my own money. It was AFI December Underground. Nice, solid choice. And being able to be like, I'm going to go home, put this in my, my CD player and put on my headphones and just listen to it was, you, there's a different feeling to that than popping up Spotify on your phone and, and throwing in your AirPods. You know, it's, it's just a totally different feeling. And it's almost like that nostalgia of being able to grab a CD click it into your CD player, close the hood, hit play, and then just sit there and listen to it is, yeah. we'll never really, I feel like experience that kind of feeling again, because it was tangible, it was, it was physical. And, and not only was it tangible and physical, um, you know, even having CD players that were mobile was a luxury. Like having mm-hmm. a mobile CD player, CD player in your car was a luxury. Yeah. Like a lot of the times you'd have some big boom bap system that you would have to load it into, you know, it's like a tape player in it also or something mm-hmm. yeah it's you know i was talking with a buddy of mine who's like i asked him that question I was like what was your first cd you ever bought and he goes cd or cassette and i'm just like oh shit <laughs> like 
cassettes like that's i mean now people sell those just as novelty items right like people yeah. put their albums on a cassette and sell it i mean i've seen it here recently mm-hmm. uh yeah we're actually doing that soon oh you are i yeah. mean it's it's creative i mean especially see it in, often. Like, especially in like death metal and like uh, punk music mm-hmm. um a lot of that like goes to capturing like you know like the 80s and 90s nostalgia and so yeah. tapes are a great way to kind of tap into that market right yeah no and and vinyls making a comeback in the last you know few years has been really cool to see and yeah. you know i don't i don't own vinyls but just like watching bands like a day to remember who is a, a huge band uh that kind of helped define my music taste as well like see them put out vinyls of their albums like i would collect them just to have them you know kind I, of thing. i would too yeah like it's crazy yeah. i don't personally own any vinyls either um but when I was younger, I owned a vinyl or two. I owned like a six-tier guns diamond vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I owned, it was like a, probably like a deathcore band vinyl. Um, but I, I had like one or two without even owning a record player just because the novelty of them was so cool to me as a young man that I was like, man, right. I want to own the physical version of this. It's a like big ass CD. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like a better version of a CD. There's bigger art. Yeah, exactly. And like, especially if you get like a cool color print or something, like that makes mm-hmm. it all the more worth Dude, We Came As Romans just posted today that they're releasing all of their albums in a box set on vinyl. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's 150 bucks, but it's like, to me, I saw like the value in that just to be like, I have every one of their albums on vinyl in a box and they're all like uniform. Man, I, I'm, I'm definitely tempted. How albums is it? Do you know? Is it like six at least? Uh, five. Okay, that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's plant seed, understanding what we've grown to be, mm-hmm. uh, misunderstandings. Is that the other one? And then, yeah, because I only I actually only listen to the first three records of those. I mean, I mean those those are the those are the ones, <laughs> dude. Uh, R.I.P. Cow. R.I.P. That was so mm-hmm. sad. I remember exactly where I was when it happened. I remember oh, so exactly yeah. how I felt. And just like, because it was very shortly after I had taken photos of Kyle, you know, at So What Fest. And I was just like, damn, I had just seen him. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, damn, dude, I know we keep revisiting it, but. No, it's, it's a, it's a good topic. It's interesting. Yeah. It just, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, earlier, like, you know, you went to shows, you didn't do drugs in high school and, and stuff like that, but that's a, that's a thing in the music industry, right? You know, we're, that's how Kyle passed away, you know, it's, and, it's fit. And his addiction was completely under wraps. Like it was never addressed in their music. It was never like a subtle thing. Like, you know, like a lot of times when struggling hip hop artists, for example, have addictions, it's, it's talked about very candidly in the music mm-hmm. or at least the point where if you know, you know. Yeah. But like, it was never even hinted at really in their music. It was totally under wrap, which is, which is all the more surprising what happened. When they released their last their their last album with Kyle, mm-hmm. um, the song "Promise Me." If you actually listen to those lyrics, it's super depressing. Like he is basically it's. Other people may not look at it this way, but the way I saw that was like he was like writing his like suicide note. Yeah, it, you know, similar to like Chester when he was writing uh, well, that like that last album. I forgot what it was called uh it was like his suicide note right uh something light oh shit is, is that one more light is that the one more light yeah one, one mm-hmm. more light 
that was the song. I don't I think that maybe the album's called that, but the song One More Light was it almost felt like it was his suicide note. Whereas Promise Me by Weekar uh felt like it was Kyle's suicide note. And it, no one even questioned it. No one said anything. The band didn't even question it, right? Like mm-hmm. and then you know, a year later, it's just like, oh shit. It's wild. Yeah. And, it's funny how perspective makes you go back and look at that stuff. Like I was saying with like Chester's lyrics earlier too. Yeah. Like it gives you such a different, yeah. It makes you wonder, makes you wonder, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, did he know? Or yeah. um, I, I love Mac Miller. Yeah. And like, you know, he passed, I think two or three years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of his music now listening to it posthumously. It's like, dang, did he know he was going to die? Like yeah. a lot of his music is about like, not missing him when he's gone kind of yeah it's uh it's crazy i mean yeah i mean we can talk about that but that's a that's that's heavy <laughs> this is a heavy we we steered this conversation down a down heavy road no but hey one of the things i will say and i talked about it uh with a band this week is you know the the whole side of like mental health and and within people and within the industry is is not ta- not even just within the within the world is, is not talked about enough and you know that's a whole topic in and of itself but i sit you know talking about all this like mac kyle chester they all had those issues mm-hmm. and it wasn't talked about it was it was almost like it wasn't even recognized through no. the lyrics and the music that they were writing that they were having these issues, right? Because they always seem like they were having a blast and having a good time. Social media puts off the presence that you are, you know, doing great when you're not, you know? And um, as someone that has struggled with mental health issues in the last year, I, I recognize that a lot more now that it's a real thing and that it needs to be talked about. And um, again, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole topic in and of itself, but uh, I say that because it's important and, and people need to know, you know, it, it's, it's so important, man. I mean, um, being a lyricist and being a vocalist, like this band is a huge expression of myself. Um, you know, you, when you think of death for you, may not necessarily think of like emotionality, but like, we definitely try to keep a level of like heart and like personality in our music when writing it. It's not mm-hmm. just like demons and hell and like metal imagery for the sake of being dark yeah like we try to put some level of um self-expression into that kind of world right i mean as i feel like we should as just people and as musicians and and being in a band right like it's not always about (laughs) demons and hell and death and and stuff like that like I've, i've never really again been in in deep on the death metal death core side of things but I know there, I know there's artists and bands out there that write about some really, really good things and you may not hear it when you first listen to it, but it's, you know, it's, it's there, it's prevalent kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And not to say, you know, our music isn't necessarily to the level of like counterparts. We're not writing, you know, super emotional, mm-hmm. um, like heart-wrenching songs necessarily, but like we definitely try to keep the anger, like it comes from personal reasons, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not just tough guy, hardcore right yeah it, it may sound like it but you know if you read the words there's some level of there's an emo boy somewhere and they're crying about something 
we're all emo boys at heart you know exactly like everyone go ahead go ahead no go ahead go ahead even the name like you know the name is a very metal sounding name ritual of despair but like Mm -hmm. the name to me kind of translates to like like cycle of misery like it could almost be another adnym for like an addiction or something mm-hmm. like a literally a ritual of despair like yeah. just some even something like that we try to imbue some level of meaning and like have it play some kind of purpose right right if there's no purpose then you know there's no motivation i feel like what's the point yeah yeah no i i totally get that that's cool man um oh sorry that's a fly but no you're cool I've really enjoyed this. This has been really fun. You seem like yeah. a super down to earth dope dude. And I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys put out, especially with you guys now just getting started. And, uh, you know, I, I I'll go back to the no sympathy out video. Like that was fucking brutal. That was wild. And Thank I mean, you. if that's, you got to top that now, like, you got to yeah. take <laughs> what you did there and then just take it to the next level, which, yeah. I don't know how you're going to, but I know you guys will probably figure it out because uh, you guys are musicians and you're artists and that's kind of the the role we all play in, in y'all's music. Yeah, no, I mean, like for um, lack of a better term, yeah, this is my job. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of consider this like uh, we make like horror movies, but in music form, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to make the most intense in your face, like shoving the gore in your face the whole time horror movie in terms of music possibly that I can yeah so yeah it's well, literally my job trying to be the architect of creating even more intense versions of that in the future well i'm excited uh you know i got i'm gonna hit you guys with that follow and you know every time you guys release something spotify will tell me and yeah. you know we hit you guys with the follow so we can stay up to up to date with what you guys are doing on on socials on instagram and oh yeah uh, thank you it's I'll gonna be too. Eh, hell yeah that's what it's all <laughs> about uh as you know as you know, it's all about networking and the people you know. We will continue to support you guys uh, and what you guys are doing because you gave us the time of day to come and chat and, uh, you know, tell us about you guys. Dude, thank you for giving me the platform to have this conversation. This is seriously been super fun. Dude, well, I, I'm happy that you've enjoyed it. Um, you know, we are hitting that kind of hour and a half almost, Mark, which is probably one of the longest <laughs> uh, interviews or episodes or shows, whatever you want to call it that we've done. So, nice, uh, I feel like that says a lot and that's um, super sick. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up with two questions. Sure. Uh, the first one is, you know, what announcements that you can share and want to share, do you want to, uh, to tell people today as well as, you know, where people can find you obviously on all socials and streaming platforms. Right. Um, and kind of go from there, tell us, uh, kind of what, what we got to maybe expect in the future. Yeah. So, um, just you know please go out and listen to our record grievances uh came out in november um that's our debut ep um from there we're pretty much just working on a new record I expect that probably we'll have a single out this year for sure probably second quarter um we'll probably start teasing the album by third or fourth quarter so it'll probably be out first quarter next year cool um and then our socials are ritual despair at everything instagram twitter facebook it's all just ritual despair isn't it nice when you can you can grab that handle on literally everything? Dude, we made sure before we ever had a single post, I made sure they'd make the username on every single website I could. Uh, and that was, I mean, when we were putting together the name for Coffee and Sugar, and fun fact, and I like to tell people on these, my last name's Kaufman, C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And okay. all throughout, probably for the last 10 years, my nickname has been Coffee. 
And it was more so not because I like coffee. It was just kind of rolled off the tongue easier. And that's what people like to call me. And so uh, Morgan, who's the other half of coffee and sugar, he, his last name is Sugars with an S, but it's spelled S-H-U-G-A-R-S. And and so when we were coming up with the name, coffee and sugar just made sense. And there's nothing out there that spells sugar S-H-U-G-A-R. So we were able to claim coffee and sugar on literally everything. Nice, dude. That's that's we, always a it's always a nice thing that you can kind of pull off if you can. It's it's so beautiful. Like you just have all our links just say our name. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't even say Rachel Despair CA or anything. Right, right. It doesn't have to, yeah, exactly. You don't have to put band at the end or mm-hmm. or whatnot. Like and, and we would make sure when even making the name, like our our search engine optimization would be good. Like this name yeah. isn't claimed by anybody. It's not mm-hmm. out there in some other form as like a movie or like something. Like if you type in our name, we come up. Nothing else does. So it, that's a really that's, beautiful thing to have. That's solid. And I mean, unfortunately, if you type in coffee and sugar spelled like the way we do it, it thinks you're misspelling sugar. So it just shows a ton of coffee and sugar. Yeah. It is what yeah. it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But um, cool. Awesome. The, the second and last question is, mm-hmm. how do you like your coffee? I, oh, I love that we end with this. Um, so I do like coffee quite a bit. Um, I don't drink it daily, but I drink it like by daily, like every other day. Um, I like my coffee kind of sweet. I like, I like a, a healthy dose of cream and sugar for sure. Mm-hmm. Dude, same. I'm, I'm a, I'm like a 75% coffee, 25% really sweet creamer there mm. on top mixed in so that it doesn't taste like coffee. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like 70, 25, 70, 30 is pretty much the ratio. Ratio. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so funny. I love asking that question because we get an array of answers, which is honestly cool. It's not just everyone saying I like coffee black, right? Okay, which cool. we, we've had those, but you know, we interviewed a band called Boys of Fall mm-hmm. uh, earlier this past week. And their bassist is like a coffee connoisseur. Like he's like, oh, I have a process. I drip it and, and all this stuff. And so I'm not it's that kind I'm, I am not either. Like I have a small pot. Like I only started drinking coffee like in the last year. Like I, I'm pretty new to the coffee game. Uh, I didn't realize that you can make coffee actually taste good. So yeah, um, me neither for a long time. <laughs> once I realized you could do that, I was like, Oh, I can get used to this. It, it makes the mornings a little bit better. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's cool. We have the similar taste in coffee. Uh, now we're homies and, uh, we, you know, next time you guys are, you know, I say next time, but when you guys come to Dallas, yes. uh, let me know. Like I said, I am a concert photographer. I will come out and take photos of you guys and make you guys look badass. Uh, dude, I so would love to be able to just kick it in real life. That'd be super sick. That I want, I want everyone that I talk to and I, I tell them all come to Dallas let me buy you a drink. Or if you don't drink, let me buy you some coffee and play a show. Let me take some photos of you and let's have a good time. Like, yeah, I want the friendship to come full circle. You know, that would be super sick. You know, we're it's, only two or three States over. So exactly. And I, you know, I don't make it out to, to California really often, <laughs> but you know, if I'm ever in the LA area, I know I have some homies in the area that I can hit up. And Definitely. if you guys are playing a show while I'm there, then more the merrier. Trust me, if, if we have it our way, we'll be in Texas before the year's end. Okay, so Dallas is the place to be. 
I mean, <laughs> honestly, if you hit Dallas, Austin, and Houston, you're you're doing good. Those are the three places you want to go. Dallas, I would say, is a little bit easier to get to, uh, but I don't know. Texas is huge, so <laughs> I, I've actually been to both Dallas and Houston in the past four years. Oh well, yeah. Then so you're you're kind of familiar. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I was only there on work for a week at a time in both, so yeah. I didn't get to explore too much or anything. But mm-hmm. I, I've seen the place. I've been yeah. around. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, Dallas is a great place for shows. It's it's funny. Dallas is actually like has a really big metal scene, you know, not just post hardcore, but like really round rounded like metal scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the last uh, two two bands I, I interviewed uh, in Dying Arms. Dallas is number two on their their top listeners, and he's just okay. like, what? <laughs> I'm like. Dude, Dallas is the place. And then we were talking about another band, and they were also number two uh, at Dallas. You know, so Dallas is a good place to 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 come play a show. So keep me posted, let me know, and uh, we'll kind of kind of take it from there. Absolutely, dude. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, dude, uh, I I've enjoyed this, Matt. Like you go by Matt, right? Yeah, Matt. Matthew, Matthew. Matthew. Honestly, okay. either when I hear Matthew, I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, I'll call you Matt. You're not in trouble with me. Cool. Uh, but no, Matt, I've enjoyed this and I'm excited to get the episode out. I'll keep you posted on all of that. Shoot me over a promo photo and your logo so that I can get that uh, promo graphic put together and got it. be good to go. Awesome. Dude, thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. You have a great rest of your night. Rock on. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Later. <laughs>